1: again everyone and welcome to the cincy shirts podcast it's episode 26 i'm pf wilson content director for cincy shirts and our sibling site oldschoolshirts.com today on our show we talk about the old cincinnati comets outdoor soccer team from the 70s and
2: abandoned stuff in the tri-state with ronnie salerno sir cincinnati has been closed for like three years now so we drove up one day and we looked at it and we're like oh let's let's hop the fence and go in
1: Rania runs the Queen City Discovery blog where he writes about soccer and abandoned stuff, two of our favorite things. Ronnie is also one of the folks that runs the Pride, that's the FC Cincinnati fan group, or supporters group as our friends in Britain might say. Uh, He is joined by Dan Stryley and me in the Hyde Park Studios to discuss both of these things. And be sure to listen now for the promo code at the end of the episode so you can get 20% off your next Cincy Shirts and or OldSchoolShirts.com order. So here we go with Ronnie Salerno talking with Dan and me. We begin with a little bit of roller coaster talk.
0: Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-E-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm a
2: cincyshirts.com in cincinnati that's a, a cool company it, they are they, they, uh, they do some awesome stuff they are yeah i
1: interviewed them years ago for an article in cincy magazine about all the coasters they designed. gotcha so uh yeah
2: and then you met ron toomer too
1: I talked to him on the phone.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
1: When I worked at Everybody's News, I interviewed him for a big article I did on roller coasters. Gotcha. And I got interviewed Ron Toomer, yeah, yeah.
2: Before, That's awesome. And, uh, that guy's like a legend.
1: He is, yeah. yeah. We uh we lost him back I think in the late nineties, early two thousands I think. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh he was pretty old when I spoke to him. I think he was in yeah. semi retirement actually.
2: Yeah, I think he I think he finally passed away in two thousand four. Yeah. And like the last, I think he worked for Aerodynamics for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then they and then, got sold and.
2: Yeah, they're S&S now. And right, right. Well, the last two coasters they did, there's one in Dollywood and one in California, Magic Mountain. Yeah. I don't think he had anything to do with them, which are ironically like their two best ones. Yeah. They're the two smoothest ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. He had some interesting tales to tell about the bat. Mm. So. Yeah. It was uh, interesting. So we, we stumbled on you kind of backwards. Uh, there's a guy in Chicago, uh, I think his name is Tim, he hosts a podcast called... Oh, uh, Tim Hanlon. Cheap, cheap Seat Still Available. Yeah. And uh, I listen to his podcast. If you're a weirdo like me that likes defunct sports teams and leagues, first thing you want to do is go to oldschoolshirts.com and look at all our defunct t- uh, team stuff there. And we have Cincinnati stuff at cincyshirts.com, like the Cyclones and the Stingers, and not the Cyclones, the Stingers. The Mighty Ducks, um, Cyclones are still in business. Really? But anyway, so if you're a nerd like me that likes that kind of stuff, uh, check that out. And then also listen to Tim's podcast, because he just has to, like, every week he's, I get the email now, because I emailed them, and I'm like, gotta listen to this episode. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's called Good Seed Still Available, I believe.
2: Yeah, it's So when you're done listening awesome. to
1: this. You can listen to that.
2: (laughs) That show is great. So
1: anyway, he told us about you, and uh, I'd heard a little bit about you, but I figured you were like an an old man, and you're (laughs) younger than me. Yet you you were involved with the Cincinnati Comets uh, back in the 70s.
2: Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't directly involved with okay. them. Uh, I just wrote an article about them. Oh, okay. Um, after researching them, so okay. yeah. So how, how old are you? I'm twi- I'm 28 years 28 old. 20 years okay, old. So that okay. yeah, more, <laughs> that makes more sense. But that, that happens a lot. So okay. I, I did a book a few years ago, and like we would do like little book signings. And oh, stuff, okay. And people come up and be like, Oh, I, I've read your website for the past few years, and yeah, like, yeah. You, you're not retired or 60. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and reading back on some of the older stuff when I used to write more, just like matter of fact, like about history, like just straight up. Here's the facts. Here's what I can totally see.
1: How it comes off. Okay, okay, I see. So your main website is Queen City Discovery.
2: Yeah, queencitydiscovery.com. Okay.
1: And we'll get to that because that's another, another passion sure. of mine abandoned buildings, which my oh, daughter yeah. was here, Hannah. Who also mm-hmm. works for us? She's a big abandoned buildings person. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But um, we'll talk about comets first. So you'd, I guess we would be our resident expert on the comets then. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I
2: guess I, I can claim that title now. Yeah, yeah. And so
1: we wrote an article about them uh, actually a, a couple of months ago. Yeah. We Do the, have a uh, T-shirt, and uh,
2: we, we do have, have, comets we have a comets oh, T-shirt. Oh, there's a T-shirt. Yeah. We have a T-shirt. Oh, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't wear any of my. Cin- I have a bunch of Cincy shirts. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, cool. But I came from work, so I don't. Oh, I don't yeah, have, yeah. I don't have one on right now, but. We'll have yeah. to get you on. Oh, You're yeah. you the right yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah. See, so it's in the perfect spot. But yeah, the Comets, the, um, it was the weekend that Mad Tree opened uh, when they moved to their new location in Oakley, or, or right. right off Madison. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was going to go meet some friends, and we were going to go there for the grand opening, and I happened to be just, like, Googling something on my phone. Fa- I wanted to read about old soccer teams yeah. um, in Cincinnati, and, like, there was not much about the Comets. And I had a subscription at the time to, like, this newspaper archive service, and I just happened to Google them on there and there was this article about how they were playing a, a team from England at Nippert Stadium in, like, 1973. Mm-hmm. And, like, the rest of my day was just this <laughs> rabbit hole. Me! Yeah. Oh, my God, me! Ne- <laughs> never made it to the brewery, never ended up hanging out with any friends. I left once to go get Skyline down the street, and the whole time just looking at my phone reading these old articles. So wow. There was, like, there was like a small Wikipedia page entry them, Like, they existed for these years. Yeah. Not much happened. They, yeah, they yeah. came and they went. And then I'm reading all these articles, and, you know, it's... In the grand scheme of history, it's really nothing, but... For me, like, I just never heard about these guys before. Yeah. So it, no, was, it was fascinating.
1: No, I knew bits and pieces. Um, I knew they were in the American Soccer League. Uh, I grew yeah. up in Cleveland. The Cleveland Cobras were in the American Soccer League. Yeah. They were our team for a while and were pretty popular, actually, and pretty successful. I think they won a couple of championships. But the Comets, I only knew about also because I was listening to WLW once a long time ago and they came up on somebody's show and someone called and said, oh, yeah, Jim Scott used to own them and he, him and his family would ride their horses out at halftime and do a little halftime show at old Galbraith Stadium. Yeah. That's the only story I knew about the Comets. <laughs> so walk us through this thing. American Soccer League starts in the 30s. Yeah. We get to oh. the 70s, and here come the Comets. What happens yeah,
2: next? Yeah, so, I mean, soccer, the way soccer, and it's still crazy in the United States, but the way it used to be, there was no, like, every league bordered on whether it was truly professional or fully amateur. There was no, it wasn't like minor league hockey or minor league baseball. It was just kind of whoever you could get together and depend on how good it was, whether or not you could call a professional. Okay. So the American Soccer League existed in various iterations under different owners, different names from the 30s up until the 70s. And that's like in the the end of the 60s, early 70s, the NASL, the North American Soccer League, got really big. But the American Soccer League was like if you wanted to be in the NASL and you wanted to have a soccer team, but you didn't have the money to play with those guys, you could join the ASL. And every, like, five years, they were trying to, like, really make their league a front runner and really big. So in Cincinnati, you had um, essentially this, There's a local doctor who was an immigrant from Italy, loved the game. He coached local high schools, local colleges. He coached amateur teams. He gets an investment group together, and they formed the uh, Cincinnati Comets. And they played at, um, it was called Trechter Stadium, which is uh, out where Cincinnati State is now, back when it was just a technical college. So they, they went for a few years. Uh, they played at Nippert Stadium for one season. They played on the campus of uh, St. Xavier High School uh, for their first season. Um, they never really... And what, what was yeah. their first season,
0: 75?
2: Uh, I, I want to say it was 70... Three? maybe? 73, 73. Maybe, yeah. Okay. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, Because um, it gets kind of lost in there. Yeah. But I think it might have been 72, because okay. I was correspondent with, like, Kings Island opening. You're right, right, right. Makes sense. Like, you know, that, that was the big news that year. So, I mean, Kings so, Island And they were um, in existence for five years. Yeah, I think they played four seasons. Four seasons. For, technically, 72. on paper, five 72. Years, 72. Yeah, 72. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they were around. They played four seasons. And they had this, like, this mantra at the beginning where the big problem that everybody thought was happening with soccer was... You had all these foreign players who, for for lack of a better way to put this, didn't look like the fans. and didn't have names that sounded like the fans who you wanted to come see. Right. So everybody thought, well, you need more Americans to play. You need it to reflect your audience. But the problem was you would put these American players in who were inexperienced or never played the game, and they just get they get smashed or it looked terrible or it was bad soccer. So Caporo comes in. He's like, you know, I've got this idea. I'm going to do all American players. We're going to rebuild Amer- soccer in America and then these guys will be so good throughout the league. All these Americans, they'll join the national team. We'll be on our way to World Cups. Kind of this grand vision for it. <laughs> and very quickly, he couldn't get enough American players that could compete. So he brought in all these guys from South America. Um, a lot, a lot of foreign players. A lot of whom were really good. But the fans just never really, really came out. Came out to right. see it. And after four years, there was a lot of, a lot of investors coming and going. Uh, Jim Scott, who was like a local DJ, not the big name he, he eventually mm-hmm. became. He eventually becomes, like, the president of not just the team but the league. Yeah. And he's got money, but not, like, a huge amount of money. Right. So they're they're just bleeding money every year. Caporo gets involved in all kinds of scandals. He says bad things about the American players. There's fights on the field between staff. It it just got really crazy. And then there's kind of a last-ditch effort at the end for Jim Scott to sell the team to a North American soccer league group that would have kept him in Cincinnati but kind of upgraded him a little bit. Yeah. Um, But then it kind of fell through. And and that was it for a while, and there was no pro soccer for a long time after. That. Long time,
0: everybody. yeah. So who like who was like you go back if you look at that team? I remember I, I looked at a roster, and there are lots of guys from like Costa Rica and guys from <laughs> South America, and then Cincinnati a couple like Cincinnati guys, like six yeah. Cincinnati guys, and then a bunch of people. from Who was like the. The, the big time best player on the team, like the guy that oh, people yeah. are I saw a picture of a gentleman, long hair, yeah. lots of people around him, black white pictures, young people asking for autographs. Who was oh, yeah. that guy?
2: So that's uh, that's Ringo Cantillo. Cantillo. And he um so he's about I think when he got recruited, he's sixteen years old. He's from he's from Costa Rica. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how Caporo found him, but he kinda had his hands all over the globe for soccer talent. So he brings the kid here. Um he sponsors him as an immigrant. So he's living with the family. Um, they lived out on the east side so ringo went to archbishop mcnicholas high school
0: okay. um oh, wow. didn't
2: speak english his first language he's learning english um he's playing professional soccer and he's living with the, this this kind of catholic family um so there were incidents where like he got suspended from school because he was smoking in the classroom <laughs> which like especially at catholic school they're not going to let you do that um but he was really really good mm-hmm. um and every year, Capora would threaten, like, he's like, you know, everyone on this team complains, we don't play enough Americans, but I've got Ringo, he's great, every team in the, in the country wants him. Mm-hmm. And there are always, like, Mexican clubs interested, NASL clubs, all these international clubs, but no one ever seemed to grab him. And then when the ASL, or when the Comets left the ASL and were done... Um, Ringo played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies for a little bit. Oh. Um, he played for a couple original USL teams. He kind of he had a cup of coffee all over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he technically played for the US Men's National Team at
0: one point. Okay. I think he had like one appearance with him. Um, and then so he's got to be in his fifties now.
2: Yeah, and, and someone, he, is
0: he someone everyone ever reached out to this Cincinnati celebrity? So yeah, I've, <laughs> I've
2: never been able to like
0: get a hold of him, track him now. Um, and I found there was
2: a Tampa Bay Rowdies blog. That had like an update on him from like 2011 Hmm. and he was a grandfather now living a happy life in Florida. It was a picture of him with one of his granddaughters, I I think. Um, and then one of his brothers or sons commented on my website, like, well, you know, we really enjoyed reading this, but no one's ever like They didn't leave an email. They didn't reply to like my reply Uh comment. So I, I've never been able to get oh, a hold of him. So get, yeah. get them up here for uh yeah. yeah that would be, awesome. be awesome. Oh man. Well so I, I bought an FC Cincinnati jersey this year and I was debating like what to get put on the back, like if anything. And I thought about like maybe I'll put oh, his yeah. name of the year or, or put Coach Caporo, like yeah. seventy two, and yeah. and I, I still haven't done anything yet, but That's a good idea. I've been weighing that weighing that around. <laughs> so they won the uh, the
1: championship their first season.
2: They did. <laughs> yeah. So and as an expansion franchise, they won. They won. Uh, they won the league their first year. And that's with a mostly American roster, or was that
1: with the foreign guys that um, you found?
2: It was ma- mainly a foreign okay. foreign roster. Um, and like the coach, there's all these statements where he's kind of making excuses his first year, like, "Well, we're going to get there with American players. We're going to get back. But for right now, I need these guys to teach him mm. And it never really gets back around. And in fact, the American players at one point weren't, weren't getting any playing time. They held like their own press conference at some hotel where they were staying, and they're like told the press like if he doesn't play us, we're we're gonna quit. <laughs> and then he said he essentially told the press like all right, let him quit. Yeah. Like, it's very kind of fly by night, yeah. You're very very like seventies minor league sports. Yeah. So
1: and it, this is a time too when a lot of kids are starting to play soccer. Yeah. Yeah. But there aren't enough people old enough to really stock the ASL and the NASL for that yeah. matter.
2: Yeah. I mean the NASL had the same problems as the ASL. It was mainly foreign players. And even the teams that, like, Dallas was all about, we- we've got American players. And they'd stack their roster with American guys, and they would get crushed. <laughs> so, yeah, the NASL had the same problems because you had kids playing all over the place. Yeah. But you just never, no one was, like, out of college yet right. or or it's... developed enough.
1: And so I guess the problem was because a kid like me growing up in the 70s playing soccer, is you go to see these games, but you really couldn't identify with these people because, you know, they were some way far off foreign land. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, that would make a lot of sense now why that, that really didn't work out. And I guess the NASL, the, the first season, the old Cleveland Stokers brought in, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the team from England brought in. It wasn't Arsenal, but they just brought Stoke City it might have been. Yeah, it whole, was Stoke. They Stoke. The whole part and parcel brought them from England to yeah. America in the Premier League's offseason, and yeah. they were the Cleveland Stokers.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's what the NASL did for the first season yeah. seasons. They, they essentially, yeah, like you said, wholesale brought in teams. Gave them a local name, and then there, there was no like Cleveland FC or San Diego yeah. SC. It was all like Americanized names. So Cleveland Stokers or, you know, Baltimore Bohemians, all like kind of those nickname type things. But yeah, the next year you weren't guaranteed to get the same team. Sure. So they might bring in another club and then change the name again. And you know, so it's very weird. No the, brand loyalty there. Right. Well, the, <laughs> N- no, N- no.
1: the NASL was not even FIFA sanctioned uh, at first. Correct. But the ASL was.
2: Yeah, the ASL was FIFA sanctioned. The NASL wasn't. There's a whole. There's a lot of turmoil over like who was technically the governing body because now you have the USSF. Yeah. Um, back then, there were like different bodies competing for who actually controlled the sport in the United States, and eventually the ASL got that recognition and kind of set things up a little bit how they are now. But yeah, those first few years, the NASL was totally like rogue. Just did whatever they wanted.
1: And so, but the ASL was still the minor league.
2: Yeah, it was, it was technically professional, but it wasn't – not operation-wise. They had yeah. professional players, but they weren't – like the NASL would play at Giant Stadium. Right. Um, or in these old like, – these big American football fields. The ASL was playing at community colleges and, and high schools, and it was really kind of a fly-by-night thing. They would lose teams every year, bring back new ones. I think Gary Indiana had like five different franchises in ten huh. years. It was It was crazy. So it definitely wasn't the more – it had professional players, but it definitely didn't seem like the most professional operation. Okay, that makes sense. And so what was
1: kind of the battle between the two? Because you were saying for a while the ASL tried to like get over the hump and become the the big soccer league in this country, especially with the FIFA sanction behind them.
2: Yeah, so the uh, before the NASL had Pele, which really kind of gave them like international recognition and put them on the map, and that's when the Cosmos moved to Giant Stadium and all this, and then they got all this more investment, the ASL was kind of poised to... They wanted the same thing. They wanted to be all across the country, um, have these different divisions, have name recognition, and kind of beat the NASL to, like, that pinnacle point to where everybody would know what's going on. Uh, But they could never get a TV deal. Um, They were covered in the press, but only locally. Like, Sports Illustrated never had anything about them. So they were kind of going for that, and I think the hope with, like, franchises like in Cincinnati – in Cleveland, because when Cincinnati joined, I think that was Cleveland's first year, yeah, or at least so. that franchise at the time. It was their first year. They had a whole different Midwest division. Yeah. So Chicago and Detroit, they were going. For, they wanted to get away from like the Gary, Indiana's of the world, and get in these major markets. Sure. And then they just they never really had the right owners and people invested to do it. Whereas the NASL was like the brainchild of Lamar Hunt, who had started the oh, AFL yeah, and yeah. big in the NFL, and his strategy was just so much better. And after the ASL kept losing franchises and they launched new ones in Los Angeles and then could they afford to fly the team from New York to Los Angeles? They had all kinds, just all kinds of money problems. Um, and Eventually the NASL just cemented themselves and the ASL kind of faded away. And it
1: wasn't really a case like you're seeing today where teams are g- going sort of from the USL to Major League Soccer. No one really went from the ASL to the NASL.
2: Yeah, not, off the top of my head, I don't know of any franchises that really made that jump. There were cities that would lose an ASL team and gain an ASL team. And I'm not... Too specific on the history to know if it was the same groups. And when did the ASL go out completely? Is that 83? In the 80s, I think I think it lasted until the eighties yeah. in some okay. respect, but okay. by then it was just yeah. it
0: was pretty. The, the mid seventies were really the kind of the peak for it. Yeah, because so mid seventies were the peak of that. Yeah. Group. So then they started in the thirties. So they yeah, had, they had this kind of yeah. loose association of yeah, right? so, some iteration of right. it did. Gotcha. The,
2: the the name has come back. I think the name even existed in the nineties. Okay. But it's not necessarily the same league. Now there was a was there a ninety? There was a nineties
0: team in here.
2: There if, was. What, were the,
0: what was that name of the team? The Kings.
2: Well, well, there's been. Yeah, the Kings were around for a little bit, and there's been so many indoor teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teams yeah, But
0: there were the River Hawks. The River Hawks who played at oh, Galbraith. Yeah. Field. That's that's the one. Think, that's yeah. the one I was thinking. The Riverhawks. That's what I was. Getting. Yeah, and it was like, River something. I kept putting Riverhounds, but no, it's the wrong one. That's Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's Pittsburgh. That's weird.
2: Yeah, the Riverhawks were around for a little bit. They played at Galbraith. Then they. As best I can tell, they moved to Kentucky yeah. for a minute, and then the, oh, King, yeah, yeah. the Kings had indoor and outdoor teams. I think they also played in Kentucky. There's been the Cincinnati Dutch Lions, who exist today, but that's been kind of an up-and-down organization. There were the Cincinnati Saints of the NPSL. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they relocated when FC Cincinnati came in, and that was a, there was some controversy with their fans. A lot of people weren't happy about that. So there's been kind of a lot of teams around, but I wouldn't really say any of them had, like, the... Not that the Comets were all that successful, yeah. But, but their goal was to make it big time, right? I think a lot of these other clubs, they were okay with being smaller. They wanted to develop players. They wanted a grassroots. We'll build it slowly over time. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Comets thought they were just going to kind of, we came out, we won a championship, you know. Now we're on level with the Reds and the Bengals. <laughs> well, and now you think about it, the Comets almost did make that leap to the
1: NASL with that ownership group from were they from Detroit or were they from Minnesota? I can't remember.
2: Off the top of my head, I think they were were based out of Detroit.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. But they were going
2: to keep the team in Cincinnati. Right, yeah.
1: So that would have been a case where they jumped to the NAACP.
2: Yeah, that would have been – I don't know if they were going to keep the same branding. It might have been hard with New York Cosmos and Cincinnati Comets. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, But it was going to be the same organization. And I think for Jim Scott, what what he told me on the phone was like, this is my out. Like, I I can recoup some of my investment – I don't have to be de- like he, the guy just loves soccer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, and so he was involved he was passionately involved but I think he was ready to be to be done. Do mm-hmm. you think the league just beat him down with all the problems it had? Yeah, I, the way he <laughs> kind of described it to me and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit but he he got involved to help them out with some promotions early on. Yeah. Then he becomes a financial investor. His money's on the hook, on the line and on the hook. And then the next thing, he's the team president. Then he's the league president. I think he kind of got sucked in a little bit. <laughs> it sounds like, you like got <laughs> yeah, he, he, wanted, in, he wanted to support his local team. Yeah, and when no one else was stepping up, he was like, oh, you know, I'll, "I'll do it." And he yeah. did a great job. But I think he was ready to to go back to that calling their games on the radio.
1: Yeah, and you think of about deal. he had a, a five day week morning gig where he's probably up early in the morning. And oh yeah. The, Deal with the headache of running yeah. a soccer team, which probably played mostly on the weekends, I I reckon.
2: Yeah, they, they mainly played on Saturdays. I think there was a few Wednesday games there. I think at the time, he might have been the night DJ on WSAI, okay. if, if I'm remembering that correctly. I don't think he had gone to mornings just yet.
1: Still, that's a full-time gig he's so doing. That's full-time gig. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, like, he's got young kids at home, too, and a wife. And <laughs> yeah. What
0: kind of, like... um. Ephemera is around from comets days. Because I, I can't say they've ever, like, you know, you, you walk into some rando antique store or something, you go, oh, look at that weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine they put two, I mean, the 70s was pretty plastic and paper. Yeah. Um, so, but is there is there anything floating around out there that people might it, find? in the backs of people's attics or...
2: Yeah, there's, there's not too much. There's not too much. There, there's one guy mentioned in the article who I spoke with, and his name is escaping me at the moment, but he, he was awesome to talk to on the phone too. He, he grew up with the Comets, so he would listen to them on the radio and then catch the Metro bus
0: over <laughs> to their games... So he collected everything he has. Yeah, for I figured the there's got to be some guy out there, some lady yeah. out there, yeah, got yeah. Like a, who's like got the he's the, the, the coffee case of everything. That, exactly. Right. He, he's got
2: the schedules. He's got he's got a pennant. So he's right. got some stuff. He's really the only one I've seen. Okay. And like, and you can go to antique shops. You'll find Stinger stuff, oh, yeah. swords, oh, yeah. Mohawks, all kinds of stuff. I mean, and you guys really like. I mean, you guys know your stuff. You you've got all the T shirts and everything. But the comments
0: just kind of like yeah, just it's ne- it was. I can't like, say yeah. that I've ever come across. Or I have ever perceived it as a Comets <laughs> soccer yep. Cincinnati yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like a
2: heritage thing. Right, right. right, Part of the history, yeah. It's
0: really kind of obscure. Yeah, absolutely. Really very and,
1: obscure. And weirdly, I think a more known team is a team that only lasted a year with the Cincinnati Kids. Oh, the absolutely. our soccer league, mm-hmm. being charter members, and who are misidentified as the Cincinnati Skids in an episode of WKRP. <laughs> where yeah, they <laughs> yeah, absolutely uh, are. The, is on a talk show with Mark Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, they're, that's probably, they're, they're probably better known for, that. for
2: that. <laughs> that. So every time I bring up the comments, everybody jumps right to that. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember the Cincinnati kids. Because yeah. like, Pete Rose was a minority yep. owner. And they played at the Coliseum when it was new. And indoor soccer was this big new thing. Mm-hmm. There's some great videos of the kids online that WLWT did where it's like showing these guys practicing. and They're playing uh-huh. this quote-unquote new sport. Yeah. So like, they, they seem to get more recognition mm-hmm. during the time because it was something new. But it only lasted, <laughs> it only right. lasted yeah, It's year. weird because um, they drew pretty well. There were six teams to start the league, and they
1: yeah. drew as well as anybody else did. Um, I think they even had a better record than the Cleveland Force, who continued on to have a really successful run in the 80s. Yeah. So what happened with the with the kids, do you
2: know? Or? I, I'm i not sure. I, I That's one I haven't really looked into too much, and I, I'm not entirely sure where they went. I just My assumption has always been it cost a lot of money. Yeah. You had, you had people involved who didn't want to keep losing money.
1: I and wonder I, if they uh, saw the lesson of the comments and thought, mm, you know what?
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, maybe this isn't worth it. I, yeah. I, indoor soccer seemed to do well in some markets and yeah. they're still like, like Baltimore, Milwaukee, it's still oh, super yeah. popular. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't have a huge desire to go see indoor soccer. I feel like you see it a few see, times. See, so when I was a
1: kid, I still, cause I have such great memories of the force. Oh but yeah. But it took a while for them to get, they were terrible for years. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the Bruce Wolstein stuck with it. And then of course by 83, 84, Cleveland and St. Louis are drawing like 20,000 people to an indoor soccer game.
2: Yeah. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah, there's certain markets where it really just – it really took off. Yeah. Um, And and I I don't know what the story was here, but ever since the kids, any other indoor team kind of had the same fate. It would be around for a little bit. But then it would just disappear yeah. quietly.
1: Yeah. Well, we did have the Silverbacks mm-hmm. uh, in oh, the yeah. 90s, yeah, who actually probably lasted longer than, uh, I think they're probably the longest lasting of the indoor soccer teams.
2: Yeah, I think I think they were. I mean, yeah. the, the Saints, I think the Saints had several indoor teams. and They had women's indoor teams. They might have lasted longer years-wise, but they yeah. were they're partially amateur sides, right. too. Yeah, yeah. So I think in terms of, like, professional indoor soccer played in, like, big arenas, I think the Silverbacks have the title for longest lasting. Mm-hmm.
1: So, were you a, a, a soccer fan? Or are you a fan of like defunct leagues? Or how did you, when you said you stumbled on these articles, what, what kind of like drew you yeah, into that? Yeah,
2: so uh, when I was growing up, I hated soccer. I thought it was stupid. <laughs> up until about 2011, I still hated it. Um, and then kind of got really into it. Now I'm a huge soccer fan, I'm involved with a supporters group for FC Cincinnati. Uh, I love it now. But history wise, like my dad always had these books on like old stadiums oh, and go. old teams and like, he would talk about like the USFL and like it blew yes. my mind. Oh my god. Looking for another episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. These these guys are trying to compete with the NFL. Like yeah. that that Renegade Sports League, like I loved it. And what really cemented it was we went to a Cyclones game when I was a kid, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the Cincinnati Stingers used to play here." It's like, "Oh, what's that?" He's like, "Oh, it was our major league hockey team." He's like, "Oh, you know, in the NHL." He's like, "No, no, no." It was this league that tried to take on the NH. And, like, that, like, mythos surrounding yeah. it, I loved it. So the Stingers were like a gateway drug into defunct teams. <laughs> oh, wow. And then, like, you talked about Tim Hamlin earlier. Yeah, yeah. I listen to his podcast every week. I mean, he finds them from all across the country. Yeah. There's so many good stories.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing. I'm thinking, like, he's up to, like, 60, 70 episodes now. Yeah. I'm thinking, surely he's going to run on people. Nope, found Upton Bell oh, yeah. from the World <laughs> Fo- Upton Bell was the son of Burt Bell, the former NFL commissioner. Yeah. owning a team in the World Football League. Oh, my God. It's just crazy, the amount of stories. And then it's you, you think even within this town, you know, how many great stories there are, like the Comets and the kids and the Stingers and, and all that.
2: Oh, yeah. And then, like, even – and it's still kind of playing out today. Like, on my lunch break today, I was reading about the XFL, not the one that already left, but the yeah. one that's coming back. Yeah. And then there's another there's another league. So, like, I'm not huge on American football. I don't care about the WWE, but I'm interested in this league to, yeah, see, same. to see just what they yeah, do. Yeah, like, yeah. I really want to see where it goes if they can truly compete.
1: Yeah, that that new league is that the American Football Alliance or Alliance the, of American. Yeah, Football. Alliance of
2: American. They'll never yeah. play it down.
1: They will never play it down. You don't think it's gonna hurt <laughs> it here? You heard it here
2: first. It's, I the, would,
1: the, wouldn't, it's wouldn't be June nineteenth, twenty eighteen, at <laughs> four fifty-five. Yeah, the air. AAF will never play it down.
2: <laughs> they say they're gonna go in February twenty nineteen. Nope. nope. But their website has nothing on it. Yep. And I. And it's what's funny is Dick Ebersol, his son, who produced that documentary on the XFL. Yeah, and Dick Ebersol was involved in the original XFL. It's his son who's starting this league. So right as the XFL launched, these guys launched too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it seems like odd timing. But I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised at this point if there's no news.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I think the Spring Football happen. League would work, but I think it's, things are a lot different now than they were in the 80s. Oh, for sure. When the US, And I wasn't mad at the XF. I was like you. No interest in WWE. Yeah. Like our two owners, Darren and Josh, were massive fans. <laughs> Uh, but I, the, I wasn't mad at the XFL. I thought had some great ideas. They used to, the, the thing I liked the most, they do no kickoff, put the ball in the 50-yard line, two guys run <laughs> yeah. from the end zone, first guy gets it, gets the ball. Yeah. It was, great. it was amazing. Yeah. It,
2: their first time they ever did that, the guy, like, broke his collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that guy ever played in the league again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right from the beginning. And not to promote, like, violence. Like, yeah, yeah. Now their whole thing is, like, we're going to be safer than the NFL. But there was like, there's no yeah. fair, you couldn't call for a fair catch. Yep, like, like in it, Canada, you yeah, still can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just all, all hands on deck. And speaking of Canada, did you know Vince McMahon wanted to buy the Canadian Football yeah, League? Yeah, yeah, that was it? his
1: first thing he was going to do was buy that. Yeah, yeah. All, There was always talk of people acquiring the CFL as kind of a stepping stone. Yeah. I think there was a talk for a minute about the World Football League doing that.
2: Yeah, and, that's and, how uh, they yeah. originally got talking to
1: Yeah, him. and so, but every, yeah, and then, I guess, then speaking of Tim Hanlon's podcast, again, he had the, the thing of the American experiment. Yeah, that's on. the
2: episode I'm on right now. Okay, <laughs> I can listen to that
1: too, yeah, because uh, what people don't realize is that was solely to save the Canadian Football League. Yeah. They wanted franchise fee money. They got a couple million dollars per franchise. It kept the other nine teams afloat in Canada. And when it was done, thank you very much, Americans. <laughs> we'll yep, see sorry it didn't
2: work out. We're yeah, going yeah. back up north. Well,
1: it couldn't work out. I mean, it works out great in the summer when there's nothing else. If you're a football fan, this is great. July and oh, August, you yeah. see some football. September rolls around weight. You've got high school, college, and the NFL.
2: Oh, yeah. You just sorry, can't, compete with, you can't compete with college football. Yeah, you know? exactly. I Especially mean, now. It's essentially the minor league of the NFL. Yeah. And it's got these huge followings. Uh, I mean, there's even people. My sister went to Ohio State. I couldn't care less about Ohio State. No, no offense to anyone listening. Sure. <laughs> not, not, not my, not my city, not my school. Yeah. But people, whether they went to that school or not, whether they're from Columbus, are obsessed with that team.
1: Well, I get it because if you're going to follow college football and you're from Ohio, who yeah. the heck else are you
2: going to follow? Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, when just,
0: I was in high school, my father graduated from Ohio State, mm. so he would uh, he would pull me. I went to Purcell Marion.
2: Just okay. On the road yeah. Here.
0: Yeah. And he would uh, three or four times a, a season, he would pull me out of school on a Friday, and we would drive to a Big Ten Ohio State game. Nice. So I went to UC. Yeah. I'm a Bearcat, but I've always the program has improved. Yeah. They probably right. have the second best program in the state. They though. probably do, but I've always uh, been like, we went to the the yeah. the, sh- the the Buckeye Bearcat. Uh, I'm rooting for Ohio State. I just can't do it. It's like it's ingrained. Yeah, it's in what it. you it's uh, what you grew yeah. up right. with. Like, you just wow. can get away with it. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: can't and, get away with it. And, I mean, if you
2: have something like that, so if an XFL team starts mm-hmm. and, and, like, let's say they were to play the winner or, like, the CFL expansion teams, why would you go watch that over this college exactly. football team yeah, you grew up with? Exactly. Where, I mean, it's people treat it like it's a top-tier sport anyways. Yeah. You just you can't compete with them in the fall. Yeah. Unless you're the NFL. And even the NFL doesn't like to play on the same days as college football.
1: Yeah. Which, to me, is people are complaining about that. That's the one thing I like about the NFL, especially if you are poor like me and only have over-the-air <laughs> Antenna. Same. You can. Yeah. You can. It, there's a game on Thursday. There's a game yep. on Saturday. There's a game on Sunday. What What's wrong with that? And why is uh, uh, uh what's his name? The, the the shark, the owner of the Mavericks.
0: Oh, uh, Mark Cuban. Mark why Mark is he complaining? Even.
2: Your teams play every night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. What's your deal? Like.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Queen City Discovery. Let's switch gears yeah, a little bit. Because yeah, yeah. we have a, uh, some time. Let's talk about abandoned buildings. How did sure. this passion of yours come about? Does this predate? Uh, defunct sports teams is at the, yeah. the same time or, okay. Uh,
2: so kind of like it, a lot of it stemmed from my dad. Um, it's like, we, we just always talked about history like when I was growing up and he used to take me to Reds games down at, uh, Riverfront stadium, Synergy field. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's originally from New York. So he would, he would talk about things like he saw in the city when he'd go into it as a kid. And like my only experience going to the city was going to Reds games. So in my head at the time, Cincinnati and New York city are like on equal footing. Like, I assume we're, we're the same size, we so <laughs> yeah. have the same things. So I, I'd sit at home and watch these Nickelodeon shows and watch, like, you know, kids would take the subway to school.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like,
2: you know, why don't we take the bus to the subway? And, like, we live out in the suburbs in Fairfield. So, like, it was totally different, like, culture shock to get used to. So, like, we'd go to these Reds games and we'd be going down I-75 stuck in traffic and you would point over, like, you know, check out that wall over there where there's big the gates. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the subway was going to be. And it blew my mind yeah. that, that we had built a subway and not finished it. So I was always like, from the time I was thirteen on, like f- stories like that, I wanted to know more about. Why did Cincinnati like? It's kind of a repeated thing in our history. We get right to like the step of greatness <laughs> and then say.
0: Eh, you know what, we're, we're, nah. good, we're good right here. And, uh, well, so like it, it goes back to Mark Twain, you know, saying. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's been a mentality of German European immigrants to kind of be like, eh, yeah. it's good enough, we're fine, it, it's good
2: <laughs> enough. Yeah, why 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 rock the boat? And there's so many times in our in like our city's his, regions history, really, where where we've done that. I mean, even the Roebling Bridge. People fought against right. that because yes, like, oh, they did. It'll it'll mess up yeah. the steamboat trade, right? And uh, you know, then what, what will the ferries do? They'll go out of business. We can't build a bridge. What if it falls? The <laughs> airport.
1: The airport. We oh, yeah. monkeyed around for, uh, and this is a blog article to come, folks. I promise. Maybe a bo- podcast episode. Monkeyed around uh, two different sites. They gave up on Lunken because it was flooded and something. Yeah. Lunken uh, tried to build it in Blue Ash. Meanwhile, some savvy guys in Kentucky say, "Hey, let's take the old Air Force training facility and turn that into an airport behind Cincinnati's back." Yeah. And while they were still, you know, dickering around here uh, on this side of the river through the fifties, lo and behold, you know, they steal our airport basically. Yeah.
2: And, and like we're and we're over here on this side of the river, like, well is air travel really yeah. good. <laughs> like, I don't know we, it's just the, there's this lesson <laughs> we don't learn and even like with the, the Mark Twain quote mm-hmm. like it cracks me up because no one knows if Mark Twain ever really said, said that, that. right yeah. but Cincinnati, Cincinnati is like that describes us so perfectly. <laughs> perfect. it's right there we need <laughs> and, a shirt yeah and even, even yeah. though everyone knows it like at the uh, the FC Cincinnati to MLS event mm-hmm. you know even uh, I think it was either Jeff Birding or John Cranley quoted that Mark Twain quote like everyone knows that quote but it seems no one is like in the mood to to let's buck that trend right yeah there's very few like we're kind of getting there now but that that's kind of what started queen city discovery was i was interested in these stories things like the subway or why is this building abandoned and i just liked i I was getting into photography i loved urban exploration like this idea of you're not supposed to be here let's Mm -hmm. go into these abandoned buildings let's check it out these are places people don't see and then sharing it with people i loved it so Mm -hmm. i had a friend i was do you guys remember Surf Cincinnati yeah. at all? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've got the shirt from here. And actually, I've got like 10 of them because people keep buying it as a gift for me. <laughs> uh, but like that was our first thing. We grew up by Surf Cincinnati. We loved going there as kids. And then I worked at Kings Island for years. So by the time I'm like 16, me and a friend are sitting around one day. We're like, what are abandoned places we can go to? And we're like, oh, Surf Cincinnati has been closed for like three years now. So we drove up one day and we looked at it and we're like, oh, let's let's hop the fence and go in. And so we photographed it and we told everyone we could about it. Not, not so much that like, Oh, check it out. Like we're cool. We did this, but more like, don't you remember going here? Like this place was open in 86 and then this happened to it. And then a friend of mine one day was like, you should, you should start a website. Mm -hmm. So one summer I just finally uh, sat down and and did it. And uh, 10 years, 10 plus years later, it's here it is. And it's kind of the, the stories have kind of changed a little bit over time. It's focus is a little bit different, but for like the first five or six years, it was all abandoned buildings. Mm-hmm. All about history. So,
1: what came after some of the ones that came after Sir Cincinnati?
2: Would
0: Oh, um. Did you uh, do the Hudibull building there on guest? Yeah, did the Hudibull building. Mm-hmm. You were part times. of the group of people who got hurt when they were going in there. No,
2: no. I, ironically, I graduated from the same university as those kids uh-huh. like, a couple years before. So, I got interviewed on the news and, like, what do you think of. And I, I didn't know that's what the story was going to sure. be about. I thought it was going to be about abandoned buildings. And, like, what do you think about these NKU students getting hurt? <laughs> and, like, I I won't say, I, Sometimes I have permission to go to these places. Sure. Sometimes uh, that's there part are of other the, means, other yeah. means,
0: but that's part of the, the
2: that's excitement. That's part, of, part of, it. of the excitement yeah. of it. So, like with, with that situation, like we've always been very careful. We don't, we don't take anything. We're mm-hmm. not breaking and entering. We're just finding maybe this door is unlocked, right? Or maybe this fence maybe is climbable. Fence down, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, that, that's been it for a while. But like the Hubel building was a big one. Mm-hmm. Got to see the Cincinnati Subway several times. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. Uh, I had a source who reached out to us one day. And was like, "Do you want to see the abandoned Concourse C at its CVG, where Conair used to be?" Oh yeah! So this this person smuggled us into the airport, and we were walking around the airport with planes taking off and landing all around us in this abandoned concourse.
1: I photographed that concourse extensively. Right before it closed. Really? Because I used to work at the airport for Hudson News and we oh, had a store nice. there. Oh, yeah. So I made sure, I, did, I went around the whole day taking pictures with our store oh, camera I would to love document that, yeah, i got to find them now. But I saved them all somewhere on one of my computers and I have them. And uh, I fortunately did not think to uh, document Terminal 1 and 2, which have now yeah. been flattened. I have like one or two pictures of those. And uh, yeah, it's the, and here's a little, I don't know if you knew this, there was a tunnel from Concourse C to concourse b so I've, i'd always it's, it's heard a, that it's a baggage tunnel and really? a guy that used to work for us uh worked for mcdonald's and he said yeah sometimes i'd be here so late that the buses stop running between c and b so i'd take i'd take the tunnel up and it comes out at the end of b the end of b that faces where yeah. c was and you come out there and i, I walked about a hundred feet into it one time and i lost my nerve i thought oh, if i get caught down here they'll get mad at me and i'll make it fired so oh, yeah. i chickened out wow. I didn't go the whole way but, yeah, there was a tunnel from Concourse C to Concourse wow, B. Wow,
2: I never knew that. Yeah. Because I'd always read that they wanted to extend the uh, the rail line out there. Right, they a little, wanted to the make, it, make a right turn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how it was going to – it runs on a cable, so I'm not sure right. how it turns. But, yeah. Uh, but I had no idea there was a baggage tunnel. Oh, I wonder if it's still under there. It's got to be, It's right? got to be, yeah. I don't yeah, see how cl- it cl- wouldn't be in there. Yeah, right? but yeah.
1: it'd be it closed off, of course, at some point where, you know, where Concourse C was. Oh so, yeah! You got a lot of good pictures of that too.
2: Yeah that that was that was that's one of my favorite ones. And then we we had done Terminal One and Two a few years earlier when they were still thinking about maybe maybe they'll still use these. Right. So they were like they were like pristine. Um, the club rooms for Delta still had like the fake drinks on the bar. Yeah. Uh. Um, all the deck, there's just dusty. <laughs> yeah. But then Concourse C, like a lot of it had been ripped out. A lot okay. of it was storage. Yeah. And they would they would train the um the the drug sniffing dogs out there.
1: Yes. Yes. So there's
2: like all these like. Discarded luggage. So if you ever lose your luggage and they don't get it back to you, it <laughs> just, just hangs out at the airport. Concourse C. Yeah, yeah it, it, well, it, was was at, it was at Concourse C, and they would just they would put them in stacks. and They would hide like fake drugs or food uh, or whatever the dog was supposed to find it, and let the dogs run around.
1: When they quit using Terminal One, uh, I drove our truck over and I said, I had a little I'm gonna look around and see. And I nice. saw, I walk over there and I park the truck and I go in. And uh, we had a temporary warehouse over there, but we didn't at that time. So I'm looking around, and I found this old 1980s terminal for U.S. Air. And I'm like, that was oh, still yeah. there. Yeah. And then I go to leave, and I can't get out. You can get into Terminal 1. You can't get out. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm trapped in here, and oh, I can't walk no. around because <laughs> it's sealed off now. And so I had to call my buddy to come over in our other vehicle and say, Will, you got to come over and let me out
2: of Terminal 1. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was kind of sad. Like I was, I just flew to Hawaii a few weeks ago, and we were pulling up to the airport, and it's still surreal to like you can see the runway because there's no buildings there anymore. Yeah, it, so it's it's weird to see it gone.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a rental car complex now, I guess.
2: Yeah, and they're like redoing the garage and like, which is you know for the best. Like they sure. they've made some good improvements to that airport the last few years. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the abandoned parts of the airport have been cool. Cincinnati subways were great to see. Uh, I got to see Americana Amusement Park mm-hmm. oh, yeah. only a few years after it was abandoned. Now, now that it's just, there's demolished. just
0: some news with that, too. They're selling the parcel of land to, like, King's School District? Yeah, I think it's, to, it? I think it's um, to the
2: city of Monroe. The city of yeah. Monroe. And they're going to build a, uh, a... park? They're going to build a big park. And there. one of the technical
1: colleges up there is going to yeah, use it, Yeah, Butler too. Tech. Butler Tech.
2: Is going to build a campus out there. So, I, I keep it's I have, like, a giant notebook of things I need to do mm-hmm. that I haven't got around to yet. And driving out there and seeing what's going on. Going on yeah, because
0: it's going to disappear here in a little Yeah,
2: and a, and a lot of it's gone. They tore down the, the big wooden coaster, the Screeching mm-hmm. Eagle, a few years ago. So there wasn't, I think the last, we, two years ago, we went out and checked on it, and there wasn't much left no at much the left. time. But, um, yeah, that was a cool one. That's That's been one of the most popular articles on the website. Then there's that ghost ship in northern Kentucky. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with
1: that. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, for those not familiar.
2: Oh, yeah, so th- this is... Kind of a crazy story. So essentially, there's this yacht built in uh, the early 1900s. It gets commandeered by the U.S. government uh, in World War One to help patrol harbors. They lease it out to Thomas Edison, who takes it down to the Caribbean, and he's using it to practice anti-submarine warfare and try out new technologies. goes back to a private owner. He takes people out during the Great Depression, and where you go out there, anything you catch, you get to keep and eat. Uh, it gets recommissioned to the Navy during World War II. It's used to patrol the coast for submarines supposedly saw some action. A lot of the history is kind of iffy. goes back to being a private yacht. It ends up with the Circle Line in New York doing tours around uh, Liberty Island. It gets sold to a guy who is kind of from Cincinnati uh, and had a bit of money. He had nowhere to park it, so he had it like illicitly parked at an abandoned dock. And they happened to film a Madonna music video on this dock. So it's <laughs> in the background of a Madonna music video. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then he eventually takes it back. He can't keep it in New York, so he gets it all the way to Ohio, down the Ohio River, he has nowhere really to put it, so he puts it in this creek where the land is owned by somebody he knows, but the river's really high, so when the river goes down, it's sitting in the creek, it gets stuck in the mud,
0: and there never comes
2: out, and the guy, there's a lot of, like, the only thing we, reason we know about the Thomas Edison thing was we found some old uh, letters from him to his wife that are stored at Rutgers University where he mentions the ship by name, but mm. there's no, like, it was all top secrets, there's no, like, photos of Edison doing anything on it, and then... The other mysterious part is the guy who owns it, I can't even remember his name now, all the interviews he's been in, and he and I have emailed back and forth a few times, he doesn't give very much specifics, but he lives in Mexico City now. And um, there's all the kinds of, like, rumors about tax evasion and, like, tax issues online, and so he's not really involved with restoring yeah. the ship or anything, but it's just sitting out there.
0: What's the best two days of a boat? The day you buy it and the day you leave it yeah, in the creek. Yeah, the yeah. day you abandon it yeah, in yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. creek
2: in yeah. Cincinnati. So wait, where, where is it exactly? <laughs> so it's, it's. I think it's, I can't remember the name of the creek, but it's right across the river from Lawrenceburg in a small okay. town yeah. Yeah, a Kentucky. lot of people
0: kayak canoe to. You see a
1: lot of, a lot yeah. of people who go. I and thought. is it it, like no matter how, if the river gets high enough, can it will Or is it so far? I back think I think
0: it's so, it's far, so far stuck far back in the mud. In there. I've seen pictures; of it. it's real worn down. The roots. Oh, are so probably it. when yeah. they started
1: managing the river better, <laughs> the river probably can never get high enough. Now
0: it'll. Yeah, it'll I, I, never bet, I bet the river now, if it went up, it would just it just cover
1: it.
2: Okay. Yeah, it, it would yeah. probably just yeah, like wow. you said, cover yeah. the ship and then. The scrap thieves have gone out there and yeah. taken
0: off huge it's chunks. It's a big of it. boat. I mean, it's huh. not yeah. a little teeny thing. It's, it, a, it's massive. You yeah. could live on it for a while. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's a fairly large
1: vessel. Yeah, I remember hearing about this, and I and I forgotten about it.
2: And, and the crazy thing about that was, people had like would write in with an email, or I talk to people in passing and they'd be like, "Oh, there's this abandoned boat out there," but I could never find any information, and I never really knew exactly where it was. And then uh, Google Earth got good enough to see from the the air. Oh, I was writing something else about Lawrenceburg. And I saw it. So we drove out there and you can canoe and kayak to it. You can go see it if you want. It used to be a big geocaching site. Apparently the people who own the land don't like people coming out. Uh-huh. When we were out there, someone gave us pseudo permission. Um, it's the only time I've been out there like right up to it. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's embedded in there. And hmm. um, there's that, that article is the most popular article on the website of all time. Even like I, I've put out a, a post each day for the past two weeks and every day, that article still gets more views than anything I've done. Wow! Um, it's really—I imp-
0: mean, the, the images of it—it it looks like something that sh- huh. it, it, it's a—it shouldn't incredible. be there. It's, yeah. I mean, it's you come across these, and it's like. What's that doing here yeah it shouldn't be like in this creek it's a huge <laughs> ship
2: but there's like it's gotten picked up by like all the clickbait websites yeah yeah so there's all these people oh, okay. who like who like love this st- i should have won't not- believe with this? this i don't know this creek. <laughs> the, the, the yahoo news Slide did a thing on it mm. and they're like you won't believe the history of this ship <laughs> this ghost ship and then there's people who talk about it being haunted oh, yeah. and all that crap yeah. and um, <laughs> i'm not big on ghosts but the um yeah that article has been huge so that, that's what Queen City Discovery is. Yeah. You've and been in dark,
0: abandoned places and not seen ghosts.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I... <laughs> res- I respectfully for people, like, if people believe in that, mm-hmm.
0: I if you've got your reasons,
1: go for it. One of the most popular episodes, the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Ghost Hunters. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It's,
2: and it's a huge thing. I mean, you watch the Sci-Fi Channel. It's yeah. all over the place. I loved it as a kid, but I, I'm just very, like, I have to see things to, like, to yeah. know them and believe them. And mm-hmm. when I... um. After years of being in these places and all the ones that are supposedly haunted, I've never once had anything remotely supernatural happen. So I can't like say I've seen anything. Like the scariest thing is maybe running into like a, a person who's squatting, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and
2: in Detroit, that was that we've we've done a lot of explorations in Detroit. That that happens all the time. So you hear footsteps, but our first inclination is like, ah, oh, okay, well, who's right? Who's using this as a so house? So
0: Detroit must be just a treasure trove of wonderful buildings.
2: Yeah, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit and and Detroit's tough because it got so popular for a long time to literally go there, and all people would do, and we were guilty of this. We we went up there, and we'd spend a week. Photographing abandoned buildings, right. like everybody calls it ruin porn, yeah. uh, and Detroit was like, "That's your Disneyland if you like abandoned." Yeah, buildings. <laughs> and looking back on it, like you know, I wish we would have done more stories about the people who had stayed and tried to fix, fix things. Because right. Detroit's story is incredible. It is, and the people up there yeah. are doing amazing things. I went and visited it last year, just the city. I love that place. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we went up there, and we've had a few people from Detroit
0: coming to the store recently, and I've been just you know chatting them up, and they're like, "Yeah, things are." Um, from their perspective from their worldview, is it things are slowly moving positively for oh yeah some good things good over them
2: oh that's that's one i had a contact up there and he had gotten in. And we were kind of going back and forth on the logistics of how do you get in? Could anyone give us permission? Okay, no one's going to let us. How do we get there? Because you had this massive parking lot around it, which was to us was that's just a perfect place to be seen running away. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, how do we do it? And then right around then, there's a great article written by uh, an author I like named Pablo (coughs) Mauer. He covers a lot of soccer stuff. He got permission to go in there and photograph it and write about the World Cup having been played there. And then everything about the Silver Dome took off. People flew drones over, people snuck in, and they locked it down uh, so hard. And so I never found like a good way or oh, a resource to get in, but I always wanted to. And right before it got uh, demolished, a friend of mine took his drone up to see it. And it was, man, that would have been incredible to see. I've been in an abandoned baseball stadium, but nothing nothing that big.
1: we have ever been to Chippewa Lake up in, uh, yes. in Cleveland? Oh, there you go. Yeah. My daughter always begs me to take her there. And it's still there. They keep yeah. threatening to redevelop it and put condos in it, but as of like last year, the stuff is still there. The, yeah, there's, there's, still there's bits not, a, of, not
2: a whole lot, yeah. but there's, if you know where to look, yeah. and, like, I mean, you, you won't be able to spend a whole day in there looking at it, yeah. but there, yeah, there's still those remnants there. Chippewa Lake's really cool.
1: Yeah, you can find that shirt on oldschoolshirts.com, by the way, folks. Oh, yeah, if you have mm-hmm. a Chippewa Lake shirt. So so,
0: oh, go, ahead, go ahead, I
1: was going to say, that you obviously traveled to other cities then. Uh, to do this. Are you running out of things in Cincinnati? Or as time goes on, does the back end kind of come up and there's, like, new abandoned stuff? Because there's uh, probably stuff from when I moved here in the 90s that are now, you know, yeah. abandoned. Well, sort of Cincinnati to be one of them. It opened just a few years before I moved here.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's tough now because there's been a multitude of things. So around, like, 2007, all of a sudden it became, like, everybody wanted to invest in Cincinnati. Everybody wanted to, like, I mean now you go down over the Rhine, you can't throw a rock without hitting a redeveloped building. And and now that's kind of spreading all across the city. So there's a lot of places that have been redeveloped or are poised for that. So they get locked up. Um, And as urban exploration got more popular and like there was social media and you could show off to your friends, you did these things. A lot of places got locked down Uh, for me personally. There's still a ton of stuff in Cincinnati I want to see, but it became a matter of, do I have time to go do it? Um, I've always, you know, I've had a full-time job for, for several years. And like, that demands my attention there's other things in life like responsibilities and then it mm-hmm. became uh kind of one of a, a wake up call i had uh, I had photographed this abandoned part of cvg which we had permission through a source mm-hmm. i don't know if he was literally allowed to take us there <laughs> but we didn't do anything illegal we just yeah. like a journalist you sure. got your sources you go in yeah. and the boss of my job at the time was like eh, you might want to be careful about like you know what you're doing and so a lot of it becomes like if, if you're going to risk it to go photograph an abandoned place, it's really got to be worth it now yeah, for, for the time you got to spend and, and what happens if you get caught. Um, and then there's kind of been some draconian laws passed in the government. I mean, ever since nine 11, you know, that they think terrorists are out there because people watch movies and see terrorists hiding out in abandoned buildings, uh-huh. like die hard. <laughs> like then that's what it's going to be like. So I've kind of gotten away from it. And then interests have just kind of changed too. Mm-hmm. Now I, I've gotten more into writing, um, and just kind of photographing general things. And the website has always been like a personal reflection. So now I can kind of use it to be like, well, you know, I'm interested in this old sports team right now. I don't care if anyone reads it, yeah. um, but that's what I want to write about this week. And uh, so I still, still find some abandoned stuff here and there, uh, but it's not the,
0: the main content. So what is it about a large abandoned space that is so attractive to you? Is it, is it the, the, the the history, obviously the history of the building, but is it, is there a, a sort of beauty to the, to the torn up world that is in that room? Oh, for sure. Okay. And when you, and when you're there and you're seeing those things, and you're photographing them, what what is cueing you off? What when you you look down that hallway and you see this thing, what makes you go, that is gonna capture this abandoned space at this at this moment in time while I'm here? Gotcha. Yeah. So the, definitely the history is a huge appeal. Sure.
2: And it's whenever we're in a place, it's it's interesting to sit there and think about what was it like when people walked through here. Like Surf Cincinnati. Yeah. I I went there as a kid, so I have like my own memories. And there's places like Chippewa Lake closed well before my time but you think about the people who have been there mm-hmm. but visually there there's like a whole other level to it yeah so it's interesting because people don't normally see things like this and they don't they're not going to go in here themselves so the things i look for just anything that'll like i really like wide angle shots mm-hmm. anything that'll kind of sum up
0: take up the whole yeah
2: memory. that'll take up the frame and give you an idea of like you can sit there and look at it and get a feel for what it was like to be there so mm-hmm. kind of like landscape shots of, true there's an abandoned ferry terminal we went to in detroit History of it wasn't that great, but the photo I really like from it, it's of a garage, the garage doors are down, there's massive amounts of razor wire behind them that the camera is close to, there's railroad tracks next to them, and there's graffiti everywhere, and a bombed out car. And no, through that, extra. you can see, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> they put up the razor wire because the place was abandoned. They don't want people stealing copper. The car's there because it was a chop shop. The graffiti is huh. from vandals who have come in. And the railroad uh-huh. tracks are from when they used to ship freight to Canada. So there's all these little things in there where mm-hmm. I don't know if people are picking up on it when they see it. Right. Yeah, that,
0: that's what that, it yeah it's like me. poetry. Yeah, you can tell a story, yeah, a story with, with story that to image. Think. So Chernobyl's up on your list, then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I, I, oh, yeah. I hate to
2: admit this. I've, I have a passport. My, my girlfriend has been, like, a constant source of encouragement to, like, mm-hmm. get a passport. So I finally got one. Um, I've never been out of the country. I've mm-hmm. uh, been very close to, like, one day I'm just going to drive to Windsor just to say <laughs> it. It. <laughs> we, We've kind of looked at, like, what's our first international trip together. She's been all over the world. And we haven't, like, made firm plans yet. But I want to say, like, 2012... 2012, 2014, me and a friend seriously looked at, you can take guided tours of Chernobyl. It's a tourist attraction now. We're like, well, it wouldn't be as cool as sneaking in, but it'd still be cool. So how do we do this? And every flight kind of went through Kiev. And then right around then, things between Russia and Ukraine Uh, got really bad. And then the State (sighs) Department was like, we don't recommend you travel here. And then, you know, Crimea happened. And so it the travel arrangements got a little chaotic, but then they lowered the prices of everything. But I also I, I have no money, so right. like, this is all like fanciful. So sure. I I'd love to see it yeah. one day. Um, probably not going to happen for me anytime. soon. Right, anytime soon. Me either. But, uh, yeah, but it's, it's so
1: appealing. It really, really is. So let me ask you about a subgenre of yeah. ruin porn, and but it's kind of funny to, to put it that way. Right. One, of the, yeah. one of the one of the fetishes: uh, <laughs> dead malls.
2: Oh dead yeah, malls. dead malls. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah.
1: That's a, 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 a distinct passion of my daughter's uh, is get uh, yeah, ghost yeah. malls. We love ghost malls. Yeah, that, uh, you guys
2: got good taste. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you live in the place that has one of the best yes, ones it, in yeah, the and world. I used to work there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I grew so. up going to there and yeah. try. I, so interestingly enough, I was there's like a I do some posts on like abandoned suburban strip malls and like suburban architecture that gets yeah. abandoned because it's very different than like historical stuff. And someone wrote to me this week and like, Are you gonna do Tri County Mall next? And I haven't been to Tri County Mall in a while, but I from what I've heard, it's kinda of going the way of Force Fair Mall, yeah. Cincinnati Mall, whatever the, that's whatever it's called yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's the subgenre of, of abandoned malls yeah. and and that tells so much of a story about American really history and culture and retail. Showing Ronnie and a picture
1: right now. That's Cleveland. Uh, oh wow! Vista View Strip Center. Yeah, we were up in Cleveland at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be an article about that on the Old School Shirts blog, by the way, folks. Uh, is that Rock you and Roll Hall of Fame, not a band.
0: Is that you <laughs> doing your car maneuverability in the parking lot? Uh, that? that is not. Actually, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we which is looking, what people do. Which is places, what is. We <laughs> were looking for
1: uh, a grocery store to buy some snacks, and we found a giant eagle. And the giant eagle is still open. The PetSmart next to it, long abandoned. The entire strip is abandoned. It's done, yeah. Yeah, and we're all guessing what the uh, what the stores are. And we're go- that's an Old Navy. That was HomeGoods. That was Dick. Yeah, you could still so visually my tell. My mother-in-law and my wife say, we're going to go in and get the, the couple of groceries for the room tonight. And Hannah, Lizzie, and I are like, we're going to go take pictures of the strip mall. <laughs> so we went that's and took awesome. pictures. They took pictures of themselves in front of it. So, yeah, Vista, it's right off 480, right by the bridge that goes over uh, Valley View. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, yeah, so it's, that's still, they don't know if they're going to redevelop it. Don't know why Giant Eagle is open and still running and everything else is gone. But it's all blocked off. The part of it, you That's can see where they started building something in the outlaw. They got halfway done with it and said, ah, screw it. And then they were done, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm actually going to
2: be in Cleveland probably in a few months here to go up and visit someone. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll and have then, to uh,
1: check that out. On Rockside Road, I'll send you the address to another abandoned <gasps> strip center. Uh, it was between uh, where we were staying and where my uh, wife's aunt is in a uh, nursing home. And on the way there, there's a big abandoned strip mall. It's probably built looks like the 90s probably. Wow. Everything's gone. Completely deserted.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole like I mean especially like if if you've ever gone anywhere in the suburbs like now today more than ever we're seeing that transition of everything went from shopping malls and mini malls and this indoor concourse to like these strip centers yeah. and these strip
0: malls and when they're done instead of redeveloping them it's cheaper just, to just,
2: just move, move with somewhere the people. else. Well, that's what yeah. happened
0: like at where the old uh a rancher Rankin site with uh, where Remke is. Oh that yeah, whole, that whole strip speaking of, of abandoned strip malls. Yeah. Strip mall. I live right by that, and there's yeah. a there's a. I'm sitting in the parking lot. I always, I look at it and I think about it all the time. There's a there's the old Planet Fitness or one of the yeah. other things and it has an entire beautiful Gymboree playset slides it's all been locked in there for like 15 years oh, or less 10 wow. years it's right there like there's just kids yeah, that look, yeah. it's all black and there's red and blue and yellow slides and it's just it's been there abandoned for at least 10 years
1: yeah yeah I'm gonna need to address that it's right on Beachmont going up the hill to Mount Washington yeah.
0: it's the sky so there's like uh, there's uh, the, there was a B, it was, it's called Sky Top there's a bw 3s that's gone there's a yoga place now a, a tax place and Remkey, and that's it. Is it was it an
2: abandoned Burger King like an yeah, no, bur- there's an abandoned the street. Okay, yeah. There's an abandoned there's a King Burger King up there with the, this, the this play place in right, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I think that
0: play place got dismantled. Someone, someone got that play place. Yeah, and I was excited, probably I was a expected, smart idea. Like, don't right, let yeah, purposes, it. And, well, honestly, it's, it's a pretty elaborate play space, and it's locked up in here next to. I think it's what's the guy running for Congress right now? Wetzelman or whatever. He's yeah. He's right. Oh, in yeah. A, he's got his headquarters right next to the abandoned. Uh, yeah, there's center. a
1: there's a popular Starbucks oh, in the wow. out lot. Yeah, and, so Starbucks and, and
0: Rampy kind of holds on to the place, and, and, that's, and that's all it. getting torn down. They, I think, they the want
1: to. Time. They want to put up a, uh, uh, a bunch of townhouses and apartments, and the people above the hill in the wealthy neighborhood mm-hmm. are saying, no way. Yeah, really? Do. We'd rather have our, uh, an abandoned mall. An abandoned mall. Yeah, <laughs> all,
2: all manner of seedy people do it. We'd rather have that, <laughs> that than, than, a, than have, apartments. Have new right, Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. they are afraid of all the
1: noise and stuff. But anyway. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, there's still
0: it's, good it's, abandoned spaces out there so, oh
2: yeah
1: so what other good ghost malls are there around the area that you could besides our famous forest as my former man, manager called the Forest Fail Mall
2: for, <laughs> yeah so Forest Fail Mall that that's still the best one because there's a great store in there the uh, the video arcade you pay Arcade I, 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 Legacy they got locations in Newport and oh, yeah, uh, North, there? Northside too they're still in Cincinnati Mall and that one huh. doesn't have the bar or the food but you uh, you pay 10 bucks and then like you know when I was younger we used to Bring a case of PBR and drink it in the breezeway, then go in the arcade back and forth, <laughs> and uh, we go in there and play wind jammers all night. But ten bucks, <laughs> that that place is great, um, so it's worth it to go there. But that's still the best mall. Tri County Mall, I haven't been to in a few years, but I hear that one's kind of. I'd say it's a
1: 50% capacity. 50%? I was surprised how much was actually was still there. Now, there are a lot of made-up stores, as we like to call them. Oh, like yeah. Mom-and-pop I... ones that move in there. And, yeah. Um, yeah That's never a
2: really a those. good sign if you're on <laughs> yeah, the mall. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's great that those people have a business and yeah. wish them the best, but it's never a good sign for a yeah. big mall.
1: Well, the one wing of Eastgate is completely abandoned.
2: That's what I've heard. I've And then, I've then the one wing been is been kind there.
1: of like 50%, and then the rest of it's kind of hanging on. But the Musicland, I used to work for Musicland. I did not work in that particular store in Eastgate, but it's still a Musicland.
0: And gotcha. I sent the pictures
1: to a, uh, a friend of mine who worked for them in Washington, D.C., and she wrote back and goes, those pillars. Because the pillar just had the slat wall on them you could just hang stuff on. Oh, and yeah. Was this distinctive <laughs> silver color with red trim. She's like, oh, man. That, that's awesome. Still, like,
2: you get that nostalgia. Yeah, it
1: is still there. They took out the We've Got What's Hot sign. That stayed there for years. It was a, a baseball card place for years. Oh, And wow. they kept the We Got What's Hot sign from Musicland. That's great. But finally, that's, that's gone, too, though. But if you look at it now, they uh, – the uh, University of Cincinnati was using it for a side campus to the Claremont County. Really?
2: Oh, nice! Right. Yeah, that's an interesting way to repurpose yeah. it. Now. Yeah, and but cool.
1: it's, you look at it, it's, it's, yeah, it's still Musicland. land.
2: <laughs> that, I gotta go check that out. Well, yeah, we went to to Northgate. My girlfriend and I went there a few months ago, and we we're kind of expecting like, all right, this place has got to be going downhill. They moved all the retail outside, yeah. like this, and it really. It's got those kind of made up stores. Like yeah. there's one in there that sells like dragon statues. <laughs> and like there's no on one. The in marble. Yeah, and it's like well, what is this place? Like and like and so we were in there, but it was the food court was packed. There seemed to be some stores doing well. They built that movie theater onto it that connects directly inside. Yeah. Mm. So it seems like they've they don't have a cure all for their mall, but it seems like they're still hanging on yeah. and making a go of it. Um, that one's like compared to Forest Fair Mall, which just gave up years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Northgate, I was surprised. I walked in expecting like, hey, this is Forest Fair part two. Right. And it, yeah, on a Friday or Saturday night, whatever it was, it was, it was still hopping. It kind of felt like walking back in time to 96. Mm-hmm. Like there were crowds and people running around and kids. So – that one seems to be doing okay. I haven't been to Florence in a long time, but it seems to be holding on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because yeah. yeah. it, it's got its own like, proximity. Yeah. It's well, got I a think what keeps Eastgate and Florence
1: it. in business is the fact that it's on the border of a very populated suburban area and then the yeah. hinterland. Right. So, and everything south of Florence, people just come up from there. Everything east of Eastgate, it's first Brown County, stop. Adam, people come. Yeah, totally. distant, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: And then Kenwood, Kenwood, you know. They've always had the high-end stores. As right. long as you've got an Apple store, you're going to... Be not, and I'm, yeah, yeah. I, not to be biased, I used to sure. work at that Apple, Apple store. and like a you're
0: good, you're good yeah, yeah.
2: you're still going to be good, but we got some coffee up there the other day, and like they're still putting like Tiffany's is moving in, mm-hmm. so they're still doing okay. But when I worked to the Apple store, everyone used to say, well, when are you going to put one in the Florence Mall? Yeah. And it never seemed to be doing well enough to get an Apple store. Not that I ever had like right. a hand in that process. Yeah, yeah. But it was never doing bad, that that, that yeah, Florence Mall. Yeah, so yeah, like, still... I, th- I think you're right. If you're coming from you know southern Kentucky... Or you know between here and Louisville, right? That's your first stop to shop. shop. In
1: fact, uh, my daughter's boyfriend's mom said the same thing. She goes, "That's where we would go," and they're from Southern Indiana. Oh, nice! To Lawrenceburg, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's where we would we would drive to the Florence Mall, wouldn't it? So. Yeah. yeah, so my theory, my theory is
2: correct. I mean, a- absolutely, you've been well, proven correct.
1: Well, we we could we could do this all day, but we're bumping up against an hour, and uh, we've kept you long enough in a hot back of Hyde Park with no air conditioning. No air
0: conditioning today. It's ninety six degrees it outside. Is. So uh, we're going to get cut right to the chase,
1: as they say. And uh, every episode, we offer the guests the chance to pick the uh, the discount code for this episode, which is good from when the episode drops until the next episode drops. So you can be a word, two words, or some kind of phrase. The people can use to get twenty percent off at Cincy Shirts and Old School Shirts. So we ask you, Ronnie, what is that word going to be?
2: Oh, oh man. You um, get to pull our promo code for this. So just a two word phrase? Yeah. One
1: word, two word, could be anything. Could be I don't want to influence the jury, but it could be like comets, it could be abandoned, it could be anything let's, else.
2: Let's go with forest fair. Alright, forest fair. All right. Okay. In <laughs> yeah. right. honor of the old mall.
1: Okay, and that will just be two words because it is two words in real life. Oh, so yeah, we will yeah. do yeah, so we'll just do it forest fair. Two words. I uh, use it at Cincy Shirts and OldSchoolShirts Shirts.com. Uh Ronnie, this has been great. I will uh, try thank to you guys so much. This Send you all the blast. pictures I've got. Ooh, yeah, so and, uh, to and I'm sure we'll
2: have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you whenever okay. you want it. Okay, Thanks. well, it's been awesome. Thank
0: cool. you, yes. Thanks, Ronnie.
1: Salerno of the Queen City Discovery blog and the Pride FC supporters group. If you're listening to this uh, not from our blog, which most of you are, go to the Cincy Shirts blog. There's a link to it right on our homepage. It says blog, and then click on the post for this episode, and we'll have links to Ronnie's stuff as well as uh, some pics, although you can probably just Google uh, Queen City Discovery. It'll take you right there as well. We'll also link to the Haunted Cincinnati episode from earlier this year, uh, that you can probably find that wherever you got this episode. Just scroll back up to episode five. Uh, indeed, feel free to go back and cherry pick old episodes because we've got all kinds of great guests we had uh, Pete Rose on last week we've had John Keyswetter, Frank Marzullo Randy Rico all kinds of fun uh, folks and chats and everything going on in the old episodes so do check those out if you haven't already today's show was produced by me with help from Josh and Darren our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing who are actually from Philadelphia Check out our blog post from last week where we went through, or actually about two weeks ago now, uh, we went through all of the dozen or so, two dozen or so songs that are about Cincinnati or mentioned Cincinnati, and of course that was one of the ones we included was Big Nothing. You can find their music... uh Well, you can find them on Facebook. You can find their music, including that song, on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from Philadelphia and other great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Always adding new designs to both sites, so stop by often online or in-store in the case of Cincy Shirts. And we do have a lot of soccer stuff on both sites, so do check that out. In case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is Forest Fair in two words, because that's the way it is in real life. Use that to take 20% off your entire order when you use that code at CincyShirts.com or OldschoolShirts.com. And again, we have a, a great selection of soccer stuff on both, lots of SE Cincinnati stuff, of course, on Cincy Shirts, but also the comets, the silverbacks, the kids, and so on that we talked about in the episode. And lots of soccer stuff at Old School Shirts as well, like the Philadelphia Adams and the Atlanta Chiefs and the Cleveland Force and all those great teams. Uh, there's a drop down menu, there's labeled Sports, uh, hit that and scroll down to Soccer, and it'll take you right to all those particular soccer shirts. You can also use the code in our physical or brick-and-mortar stores, as we say in the retail biz. Those would be in OTR, Hyde Park, and now Loveland. Stop in and see us at any or all of our locations. Follow all of our social channels, which would be uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.